This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings, this is Dina Marie with Faith Moments, and welcome to this solemn Palm Sunday. We have spent so many weeks preparing for the Lenten season and into Easter, and here we are in the transition. And so we welcome those of you new to the Faith Moments podcast. It's great to have you with us if you're listening on the Hail Mary Media app or on Mater Dei Radio. Welcome, and we welcome you into this Palm Sunday of the Passion of the Lord. Faith Moments, as many of you know, is a weekly podcast where I proclaim and ponder on these Sunday Mass readings. As you may know, this is a very long reading that we'll experience together today. It's the reading of the Passion. So let us begin. I want to open with the prayer that the priest will pray at the very beginning of the blessing of the palms. Things are a little bit different on Palm Sunday. Everything's a little bit different. It reminds us of we're entering into something very holy. And so the priest will gather with the congregation and take them up. Uh, apart, possibly outside of your regular uh, sanctuary space for the blessing of the palms. And this is one of the prayers that the priest may pray. Dear brethren, since the beginning of Lent until now, we have prepared our hearts by penance and charitable works. Today we gather to herald with the whole church the beginning of the celebration of our Lord's Paschal Mystery that is to say, of his passion and resurrection. For it was to accomplish this mystery that he entered his own city of Jerusalem. Therefore, with all faith and devotion, let us commemorate the Lord's entry into the city for our salvation, following in his footsteps, so that being made by his grace partakers of the cross, we may have a share also in his resurrection and in his life. Amen. Our first reading that you'll hear for Palm Sunday is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. When Jesus and the disciples drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an ass tethered and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them here to me. And if anyone should say anything to you, reply, The master has need of them. Then he will send them at once. This happened so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. 
Say to daughter Zion, Behold, your king comes to you, meek and riding on an ass, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the ass and the colt and laid their cloaks over them, and he sat upon them. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and strewed them on the road. The crowds preceding him and those following kept crying out and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and asked, Who is this? And the crowds replied, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. We continue the readings for this Palm Sunday and enter in the first reading, which is from Isaiah chapter 50. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue, that I might know how to speak to the weary a word that would rouse them. Morning after morning, he opens my ear, that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The Word of the Lord the Responsorial Psalm, Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? All who see me scoff at me. They mock me with parted lips. They wag their heads. He relied on the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, if he loves him. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Indeed, many dogs surround me. A pack of evildoers closes in upon me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? They divide my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far from me. O my help, hasten to aid me. My God, my God. Why have you abandoned me? I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, give glory to him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Our second reading is the letter to the Philippians Chapter 2 Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name 
which is above every name, and at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, of those in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The Word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading for Palm Sunday is one of the Passion accounts. This comes from the Gospel of Matthew, beginning with chapter 26. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him, one after the other, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, he who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and giving it to his disciples, said, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed on behalf for the many for the forgiveness of sins." I tell you, from now on I shall not drink this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you new in the kingdom of my Father. Then after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, This night all of you will have your faith in me shaken, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be dispersed. But after I have been raised up, I shall go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him in reply, Though all may have their faith in you shaken, mine will never be. Jesus said to him, Amen, I say to you, this very night, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even though I should have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples spoke likewise. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. 
He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Withdrawing a second time, he prayed again, My father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, for they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand, when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs, who had come from the chief priests and the elders of the people. His betrayer had arranged a sign with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him. Immediately he went over to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus answered him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then stepping forward, they laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, one of those who accompanied Jesus put his hand to the sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its sheath, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call upon my father, and he will not provide me at this moment with more than twelve legion of angels? But then how would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must come to pass in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? Day after day, I sat teaching in the temple area, yet you did not arrest me. But all this has come to pass, that the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Peter was following him at a distance as far as the high priest's courtyard, and going inside, he sat down with the servants to see the outcome. The chief priests and the entire Sanhedrin kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward who stated, This man said, I can destroy the temple of God and within three days rebuild it. The high priest rose and addressed him, Have you no answer? 
What are these men testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, I order you to tell us under oath before the living God whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him in reply, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need have we of witnesses? You have now heard the blasphemy. What is your opinion? They said in reply, He deserves to die. Then they spat in his face and struck him, while some slapped him, saying, Prophesy for us, Christ. Who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. One of the maids came over to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of everyone, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarean. Again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. A little later the bystanders came over and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them, even your speech gives you away. At that he began to curse and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken before the cock crows, You will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly. When it was morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, deeply regretted what he had done. He returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? Look to it yourself. Flinging the money into the temple, he departed and went off and hanged himself. The chief priests gathered up the money, but said, It is not lawful to deposit this in the temple treasury, for it is the price of blood. After consultation, they used it to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why the field, even today, is called the field of blood. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet. And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of a man with a price on his head, a price set by some of the Israelites, and they paid it out for the potter's field, just as the Lord had commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and he questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You said so. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you? But he did not answer him one word, so that the governor was greatly amazed. 
Now, on the occasion of the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had assembled, Pilate said to them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus called the Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had handed him over. While he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with that righteous man. I suffered much in a dream today because of him. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas, but to destroy Jesus. The governor said to them in reply, which of the two do you want me to release to you? They answered, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus called the Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. But he said, why? What evil has he done? They only shouted the louder, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all, but that a riot was breaking out instead, he took water and washed his hands in the sight of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. Look to it yourselves. And the whole people said in reply, His blood be upon us and upon our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But after he had Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus inside the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him. Weaving a crown of thorns, they placed it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat upon him and took the reed and kept striking him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his clothes, and led him off to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a Cyrenian named Simon. This man they pressed into service to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he had tasted it, he refused to drink. After they had crucified him, they divided his garments by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And they placed over his head the written charge against him, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests with the scribes and elders, mocked him and said, He saved others. He cannot save himself. So he is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. 
The revolutionaries who were crucified with him also kept abusing him in the same way. From noon onward, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Ali, Ali, lema sabatani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, This one is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, Wait, let us see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Let us pause. And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and the men with him who were keeping watch over Jesus feared greatly when they saw the earthquake and all that was happening, and they said, Truly this was the Son of God. There were many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be handed over. Taking the body, Joseph wrapped it in clean linen and laid it in his new tomb that he had hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a huge stone across the entrance to the tomb and departed. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary remained sitting there facing the tomb. The next day, the one following the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that this impostor, while still alive, said, After three days I will be raised up. Give orders then that the grave be secured until the third day, lest his disciples come and steal him and say to his people, He has been raised from the dead. This last imposture would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, The guard is yours. Go, secure it as best you can. So they went and secured the tomb by fixing a seal to the stone and setting the guard. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It is a beginning of a week to ponder. It's a beginning of Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday, and we hear this account once on Palm Sunday and from a different gospel version, we will hear the Passion reading again on Good Friday. 
I invite you all, as I say every year, to go to every liturgy available to you during this Holy Week. It may be your own home parish. It may be a neighboring parish. Maybe you're not even Catholic. Go to Holy Week. Sit in the back of the church. Observe what is happening on Palm Sunday, on Holy Thursday, on Good Friday, at the Easter Vigil. Maybe you can just simply watch a live stream from EWTN or from the Vatican, whether it's the Chrism Mass that is celebrated annually during this time of the year in every cathedral around the globe. It's a time to remember love triumphs suffering. Love triumphs suffering. Jesus was showing us from the beginning of time until the moment he came through the incarnation, through the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that love triumphs suffering. There's a lot of things we could reflect upon. One thing that has always captured my heart, and we hear it during the time of Holy Thursday, and maybe you'll even chant the words, you know, watch and pray, watch and pray. And in our churches around the globe on Holy Thursday, following the washing of the feet, and the consumption of Holy Eucharist, the remains of Holy Eucharist will be processed to a place of repose. It may be at the tabernacle. It may be in a special prayer chapel and will be set for many hours for adoration. I remember year after year at All Saints Church in Portland, where my husband and I attended for over 20 years, the tradition would be that following the liturgy of Holy Thursday and the Holy Eucharist was processed, the body, blood, soul, and divinity processed in the side chapel, the daily mass chapel, we call it, that we would have the church open for time of prayer and adoration until midnight that night in quiet. And I go back to these words of Jesus that he says, so you could not keep watch with me for one hour. Sit here while I go over there and pray. Jesus knows that his mission is almost complete, that it will be just a matter of hours before his purpose of birth to come into the world, taking on human flesh, but being totally divine and human, that he would take upon his own flesh the weight of the cross, the sins of the whole world. And he's simply asking for the disciples to pray, to be ready for what is ahead. And their little heads could not do it. They couldn't do what Jesus asked to watch and pray. He says, watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we would chant, watch and pray. Remember me, remember me. Watch and pray, watch and pray. Watch and pray this week, watch and pray what's happening in your own life. Where 
Are you suffering in your life? Where do you need God's love? Where are you God's love for others? Where can you comfort the suffering today, this week? Where is God calling you to watch and to pray, to let go of the worldly things, the the flesh things of this world, and to focus on the spirit? The spirit is willing. The spirit guides us with wisdom, with knowledge, with understanding, with patience and fortitude. It is in the spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And the disciples didn't have the gifts of the Holy Spirit yet. Pentecost hadn't come. Jesus knows. Come and pray. Watch. Be ready. And he recognizes the weakness of the flesh of man. There's a beautiful reflection. I'll just share one other reflection from this conversation from God with God on the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And there's a meditation in the Stations of the Cross. You re- you may remember the women of Jerusalem and Jesus, as he is walking to his crucifixion, you know, tells the women to not weep for me, but to weep for yourselves. And in this reflection on Palm Sunday, we see Jesus going into Jerusalem. We witness in the first part of our liturgy today, the triumphal entry. Jesus enters using a donkey, which was prophesied many centuries before, found in the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament as the Messiah. This this humiliation, this humility that the Messiah enters And yet Jesus comes to Jerusalem and his whole time in Jerusalem, teaching and preaching and performing miracles of healing, casting out demons, and even in last Sunday's account of the rising of the dead of Lazarus. After four days, Lazarus, come out of the tomb, Jesus says. And in the midst of the Shouts and cries of joy and triumph only a few days later, and the people of Jerusalem again turned their backs against Jesus. And this says, in a single moment, all their joy was abruptly shattered. Jesus saw the temple, the city, and he wept. Jesus sees how Jerusalem is sunk in sin, ignorance, and blindness. Would that even today you knew the things that made for peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. From Luke 19, our Lord sees how other days will fall upon it, which no longer will be like this present day of joy and salvation, but rather of misfortune and destruction. Pray for yourselves and your children, women of Jerusalem. The the reflection goes on to say, a few years later, the city will be raised to the ground. Jesus weeps over the impenitence of Jerusalem. How eloquent these tears of Christ. They are full of mercy, sorrowing over the city which has rejected him. St. Bernard has a comment 
from Palm Sunday that I want to share. He says, how different the cries from Palm Sunday to the crucifixion. Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And then blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. How different the cries are that now are calling him king of Israel. And then in a few days, time will be saying, we have no king but Caesar. What a contrast between the green branches and the cross, between the flowers and the thorns before they were offering their own clothes for him to walk upon. And soon afterwards, they are stripping him of his and casting lots upon them. How fickle we are, we human beings. And yet through sorrowing comes love. That love triumphs the sorrowing. And God was willing in the midst of our turning our backs that he would come, send his only son, and whosoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life. Spend some time in reflection. Spend some time in watching and praying. I put two different versions of the crucifixion here in this video. Hold a crucifix. Meditate with the cross. Go to your local church. Experience transformation. Experience the love of Jesus Christ that only comes about through his suffering. Peace be with you. Shalom. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.